Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Down to Biscay. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power to have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome into Floor is Yours, an extension of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. We've got Brady Hawk above me. We've got Alex Toledo next to him. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305 and at Tropical Blanket. No Greg Sylvander. He'll be back with us early next week or on the Sunday show, I am sure. Best wishes to his dog uh, on the, uh, I guess, would be on the injured list uh, probably for half the season with a with a partially torn ACL. So uh, injuries even happen to uh, the canines on dog day. Uh, we are sponsored here, as always, by our friend Mark Brown. You can find him at markbrownpa.com. Just took care of the title on my house, which I much appreciated. He also can help you with estate planning and everything else. There he is. There's our guy, Mark. He's based right in North Lauderdale. You can find him right there off of Andrews Avenue uh, near Cypress Creek Road. If you're familiar with that area at all, it's very close to where I went to high school. MarkBrownPA.com. MarkBrownPA.com is where you go. There's a phone number, 954-566-5678. He's got an in-house a title uh, company, as I mentioned, so he can take care of all your real estate needs. And that is really, really helpful if you're building an estate plan. If you have any kind of real estate, you want to make sure it's left to the right person. You're never too young or too old to start thinking about this. So reach out to our guy, Mark Brown. Again, it's M-A-R-C, brownpa.com. Also, of course, prize picks, prizepicks.com. Use that code five, use the code five, F-I-V-E. Start to play preseason football and everything else that comes with it, including the futures going forward. We're going to be making a big push on that going forward. But again, you get that bonus and that double when you use the code five. All right, here's what we're going to do today. Thank you, Manny, for throwing that up. Manny Chang, our producer tonight. Um, Here's what we're going to do tonight. Um, We are going to take your questions. I mean, to be honest with you, we're kind of at a pause for topics. Brady keeps coming up with them on the website every single day, which you can find at five reasonsports.com. Uh, but we've hit a lot recently and we just had Max Struess on the pod. So make sure you check that out. That's also on the YouTube channel. Uh, we had some fun with him. I think people really enjoyed uh, him sharing stories, not just about, you know, how he got to the heat, but also him playing uh, with Jimmy Butler before games and everything else that goes on with that. But we're going to take your questions. Now I know that Brady does this sometimes where he takes questions. He puts up, Uh, the answers in a story on the site. But I'm going to get to a couple here on the Twitter feed. And if you have others, you can post them for us here. And we're just going to run through them as quickly as we can tonight. So we try to get to everybody again, because I apologize for my voice. I'm going to let these guys jump in most of the time. This one comes in from Benjamin Carbonell. He's a, he's a regular follower of ours here over at the five reasons sports network. 
I know Butler has been instrumental in his support of the coaching staff. Will Lowry buy into Spo as completely as Butler has? How will that dynamic impact the team overall, but specifically for the development of the younger guys? I'll take this one because this is kind of a team chemistry thing. I don't think there's going to be any issue there. I really don't. Um, Me neither. Kyle, yeah, Kyle Lowry has been fully briefed on the heat before he got to the heat. And he has wanted to be here for a while. And Jimmy Butler has told him everything. If the heat can handle Jimmy Butler, they can handle Kyle Lowry. Okay. This and Jimmy and Spo are already on the same page too. Right. So it's like, you already have that part, you know, completely, you know, where you want it to be. So it's like, I think it's even more of a layer where it, it would be tougher for there to be some tension. I feel like, I don't know. Yeah, I feel I, like that's, I not, that's not even something to worry about. At this point. Yeah, I, I think that's the least of the concerns. Again, Kyle Lowry knew what he got himself into when he came down here and, and he's won championships and, uh, you know, or a championship. And and I, this is not the Kyle Lowry of early in his career. So I'll go to this one. This is more of a technical question. I'll let Brady jump in and then Alex can. This comes in from Hal underscore Fresco on Twitter. Are we going to see the double pick and roll pop with Kyle, Bam and Jimmy, just like Bosch, Wade and LBJ did? I'll let yeah, either of you jump in. I think – what they're going to see a lot of is just a lot of three-man sets is kind of what I've said. And they never really had – it's always been three guys they can run it through, and there's never really a different option they can go to. Now I feel like there's four guys that they can mix in. Uh, it's going to be Lowry, Jimmy, Bam, and Duncan. Uh, I don't see a way you're going to run those those like double pick and rolls like they're saying or double drag and not have Duncan in it because he just maximizes spacing so much that when he pops out, you see so much that two guys fly out at him and it just – messes things up for a defense where I think it's possible as well, though, that you see, you know, Jimmy Lowry and Bam as well, but I think it's going to be Jimmy running it. Uh, obviously Jimmy as a, or pop out threat or Bam as a pop out threat really won't work, but Lowry being able to play off ball. Uh, I could really see that working is just Jimmy being able to attack and allow Bam to roll and, and Lowry to pop. So it's just like, feels like this is just such a Spolstra type scheme that he can just take different guys group of guys and put them out there in different sets and not have to worry about the same thing over and over they relied on the dribble handoff because it worked so much and they didn't really have any other options like that was the other reason for it like there was nothing else they could really go to that now they have other stuff that they're going to go to and it just seems like even if you don't want to see the dribble handoff ever again it seems like it's gonna be mixed in all this stuff to not be spammed as much as it was last season you want to jump in on that alex yeah, I mean, honestly, what Brady's talking about there just kind of makes me feel even more excited about what Spo is going to be able to do just because, like, Brady has gone through these actual sets that Spo likes to run and seeing just how well Kyle fits into. And, like, he's talking about giving you more options. That was the whole thing with their offense last year, which is, like, those options ran out quick. And all of a sudden, you know, you've got within – you know, you're under 10 seconds on the shot clock and you're trying to come up with something and you're, you know, you're back to that same action that you started with when it comes to the dribble handoff, but just there's a lack of options. And when you've got Lowry there, like you said, you could run him as a screener, you could run him as a pick and roll guy, you could run him. And there's obviously still going to be so much dribble handoff usage with him since he's so good out of there and they've got more stuff they can run. It just feels like all of a sudden, just by adding this one dude, they've added all these different types of plays. I mean, not just the plays, like, adding somebody who fits into the stuff he already does and just makes it way more effective. So I'm, I'm really excited about what they can do offensively. And I think people might be downplaying that a little bit just because of like looking at the kind of spacers you have. Mm-hmm. I think Lowry is more than just about his spacing and the on ball stuff. It's like, you could throw him into everything and find a way to create points. I feel like. 
And, and by the way, I do want to say one quick thing is that you're not having Andre Iguodala in the corner in those sets. And I feel like that's the big thing where they're laying off him and basically tagging and doubling as much as they want to and daring you to kick it out to him in the corner. P.J. Tucker, they're not going to be as willing to do that. And I feel like that's as much as you may not see big stat lines in the scoring column from P.J. Tucker, that's the difference maker is just facing. All right. This one comes in from Jimmy Biz Bucket, uh, who goes by. I've never understood this. His screen name is Alec Toledo. There, there is no relation here, right? This is a this is a follower of ours. No. Uh, some, sometimes I get the two. OK, this one comes in. I feel like some people are really underestimating this bench. Watching starting nine yesterday, Ethan completely forgot to mention Dwayne Dedman. I did. I realized that after the fact. <laughs> and the impact he had off the bench. That being said, why do you think the bench is as thin as people claim besides KZ and UD? I mean, I'll start here. I, 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 it's not that it has the potential. It doesn't have the potential to be a decent bench. I, I haven't said that. But there are just a lot of unknowns. I mean, you don't – I mean, let's start here. It's not being anchored by Goran Dragic, okay? It's being anchored by Tyler Hero. Now, that may go very well, okay? They're, they're giving him an opportunity. But there doesn't seem to be a safety net there. Like, it's pretty much Tyler or nothing there in, in the backcourt. Well, safety net is, is a staggering, right? Well, exactly, but but staggering is not a bench, Alex. Like I, I you no, talked a lot about. It's like if you don't want to run any of those bench lineups, it's like if you just don't feel good about it after running it. I guess they just kind of have to focus on that, right? Like that's the play. Right, but they they've done that. But I'm saying, it, okay, I think that, I, I get it. Staggering is working around. But you don't want to do that with the older roster too. So that's why I, I get the I, concern. I, I get it. But it, it, if they had a kind of bench that they felt they could roll out, they wouldn't have to stagger. I'm, I'm not saying they won't stagger. They should stagger. But I do think that it's it's fair to say that they're counting on Tyler Hero to, to basically you know anchor a bench. Okay. They're counting on Gabe Vincent to give them backup point guard minutes when we haven't, he hasn't proven he can do it consistently. Consistently. We all like Max Strews personally and professionally, but we haven't seen him do it consistently. They're going to be counting on him to be a backup three. They got very good minutes out of Deadman last year. Okay. Which actually were better than he's typically done over the course of his career. We'll see what he does with a slightly bigger role. All right. And the other thing about Deadman is I think that people forget, and I think this comes in with Ariza too, or came in with Ariza. Those guys, I think, benefited from the fact that they didn't have that sort of long playoff run the year before, and they had all that off time. So we'll see what Deadman does, you know, when everybody else is there. And then, you know, Markeith Morris honestly had a bad year last year. Like I, we, we can talk about he can still contribute, but he had a bad year. And then you go beyond that. We don't know what you're going to get from Omer. Okay. Uh, and then we've got the Haslam spot, which Spolster doesn't want to play him. And then you've got Casey Akpala, who looked unplayable. I mean, who am I missing? And then Vic, who you don't have back for probably two, maybe three months at least. So, I, I mean, Brady, my, I mean, it, there are, it's, it's not the kind of bench you roll out and say that's a really good bench. It has potential when Vic's back, but, but for right now, no. Yeah, I think I don't think the bench is thin, fully healthy. Like if you think about it, when Victor mm-hmm. Aldebo comes back, there's things they can do there. But the issue is that if one or two of these guys go down, the bench is very thin. Just yeah. if Tyler Hero is not known to be the healthiest player, that if he goes down for a three or four game stretch, where is your offense being anchored off the bench? Like you could do staggering as much as possible, but at some point you got to rest these guys that yeah. are going to be relying yeah. on Gabe Vincent and Max Struess to kind of take over the entire offense where I think that's when it gets thin. But obviously if they could stay healthy, and you have all depot return. You can run all depot hero Morris, 
Denman and Struess off the bench. You have 10 deep right there, and I think that's enough for Spolster to utilize. But I just think it comes down to health. I mean, Alex, you see what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. not saying they shouldn't stagger. I'm just saying yeah, yeah. other teams seem to be deeper on paper, at least what the season is starting with. For sure. And I don't want to overstate too much that, you know, the depth that they had previously, because obviously, you know, it's something we went over back and forth a lot around the heart and stuff when that was going on. You know, you got memed because of that stuff. But yes, really, the depth was better than it is now. But I just don't know that the gap is big, obviously, because of that potential when it comes to Lodipo. And especially because I think everybody's feeling a little bit better about it ever since the stuff with his was it his doctor, his surgeon uh, came out like return and like what he's going to look like when he comes back. That made me feel good because like it's the guy who performed the procedure himself, uh, you know, kind of just mystic about Depot's timeline and the way that he's looking physically. So that makes me feel good. But just from what they have now before Depot, there's there's concerns all over the bench. I think I think they feel that they can plug in Vincent and Struess for, mm-hmm. let's say, 15 minutes a game each, more or less, and just kind of get away with it. Uh, staggering or not, but I just expect there to be a whole lot of it to start the season. I think Depot is going <laughs> to maybe too much. Maybe they're relying on it too much, but I think it's he's going to come in and be somebody who takes a lot of pressure off everybody and pressure off Spo to have to play these guys so much because I think you need these guys healthy for the playoffs. So there's definitely concerns everywhere, but I'm, I was thinking about it today, and that bench, I, I feel like their, their front court, I feel good about in general, mm-hmm. right? Because even though I'm not the biggest Markeith Morris fan, I feel like they've got a lot of options there, right? Whether they want to go big or they want to go, you know, the way that they have been doing it, it with a, a, a stretchier, a switchier four next to Bam, they have options. I think Omer can eat up some of those minutes in the same way you're talking about Struess and Vincent. Uh, so there's just, I feel like, a lot of ways they can go about it. I just don't feel great about the backcourt depth without Depot. I think that's just kind of where I'm on right now. It's like you need to make sure Struess and Vincent are hitting those threes and that Tyler – is at least productive, right? I don't think he needs to be uh, putting up 20 a game for you, but he needs to be there productive on a night-by-night basis, which is a lot to ask for, I think. Well, the, the problem, I mean, the comment that just comes in, that, you know, that you've got Ennis still there and you've got you've got Avery Bradley. So the, the problem is the, the Heat are not going to, they're not going to sign anybody at this point because they don't want to put themselves in a luxury tax position, maybe later in the season, but it's not going to happen, or buyout guy, but it's not going to happen right now. All right, let's get to uh, to this one. Uh, actually, he just uh, just texted us here on the uh, directly here on the stream, but this one came in on Twitter from Christian Cardis. Uh, who do you all think? Uh, hold on. Who do you all think will get be the most likely backup power forward? Markeith Morris or Turk Nowitzki, who of course is uh, Omar Yurtsevin. Uh, Yurtsevin. Uh, it's it's going to be Markeith Morris. In fact, the the way it was put to me was they were hoping there would be a competition between Markeith Morris and Kaziak Pala. Not necessarily, uh, you know, with Omer, um, but I don't really see that being the case unless Casey makes big strides between now and then. I mean, it's going to be PJ Tucker starting and Marquis Morris not the bench, correct? I think so too. But is Omer the compromise when it comes? Because you know, you know how you were hinting kind of throughout the summer before everything happened that. Pat wanted some sort of big that you can play next to Bam. They went for the two, like I said, kind of switchy-ish fours. You know, they're stronger guys, not thin. So that probably made Pat feel a little bit better with the type of fours they acquired there, the toughness. But Omer, is that the guy who during the season can be that compromise where it's like, okay, you know, as long as he's out there, doesn't look like a complete mess on defense, can drop. Or or, 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 or Brady is. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Deadman the compromise. I think the band. I just don't – I don't know if they're going to go to that right away. We saw Spolster's reluctance to kind of go that route. I just think where Omer is going to be put is – we've seen so many times in the past if – you know, if PJ Tucker goes down, they don't just bring the next guy up off the bench. Right. Omer is probably going to be the starter if, if a PJ Tucker type goes down. And I, I just feel like that's going to be his role. He's not going to be the backup big. I feel like yeah. I've kind of called it the backup for the backup. Like, it just seems like he's going to be plugging in for other guys like the Gabe Vincent role, like the Max Schroes role last season, where they're not going to be healthy the whole season. He's going to get run. And if he plays at a high level like he did in summer league, they're not just going to throw him right back down at the end of the roster. They're going to give him a spot in another area. Uh, but Denman, it just feels like 16 games last regular season was the reason he was their best player on the floor in the, in the playoffs. Like <laughs> he's not playing 82 and Omer's going to get the back of big like role for a good amount of the season. I feel I don't see Denman getting, if they want him to be the backup big in the postseason and be effective at it, it just does not feel like he's going to play a lot of regular season games. This is a, this is a good question. And I think this actually requires some thought. Um, this comes in from uh, Kaneem Quet on Twitter. Which Heat starter will usually get the most shot attempts? I, t- take a second here to think about it because I, I, I don't think it's as obvious maybe. I'm, I'm going to take a quick look here at think, last year. I think okay? uh, that's cheating. No, no. I, I, well, okay. Well, I'll, I'm going to let the two of you weigh in on this then. Because okay, I'm so gonna you're going to go with like I'm the actual math and we guess? Last year. Okay, so me and Brady are guessing then. Is that what yeah, it is? Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, you're projecting. You're not just guessing. You're projecting. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're looking. You're looking forward, right? Isn't that the point? without having looked at <laughs> yeah. last year's defense? <laughs> yeah, I, I will say, that. I think Bam and Jimmy were close. I will say, I think they were pretty close. And I think if we're talking about projecting forward, I think Kyle takes some shots from Jimmy. I don't think Kyle takes many shots from Bam. Like, if anything, I, I think Kyle. They, they were close. I will say that they were that close. And actually, point. they weren't. They weren't one two on the team either. Okay, but that's that's a whole other uh, question. So, so who do you, who do you think? Because I, I mean, and people are going to say Jimmy. Okay, but I'll give you the numbers from last year. I think you're going to be surprised. Okay, Jim, Jimmy averaged fourteen point two. Tyler Hero averaged 12.9, but we can't count him because he's not starting. Bam Adebayo, 12.5. Kendrick Nunn no longer here, 11.8. Boy, he got some shots up in a short amount of time. Goran Dragic, 11.1. Of course, he's not here. Vic was 10.8, and Duncan was 10 even. This is Now, I, I, I'm going to take a look at one other here, though. You ready? We got, I'm going to look at Toronto from last year because I'm just curious. I know different system, and obviously it was a weird season for them. Why can I not find the Raptors? Are they they listed under Tampa? I guess. Um, <laughs> so, so all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna call up the Raptors just, here. Just go to see. Lowry's basketball reference. I mean, yeah, that's probably the easier way to do this, right? Okay, so let let me let, let me look at Lowry. Lowry is at last year. He was Lowry was fifth on his own team. Oh, Siakam, 
Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., Norm Powell. Of course, they were exchanged for each other. And then Lowry was just ahead of OG. Lowry averaged 13, which would have been second on the Heat, just ahead of Hero. Basically tied with Hero. This is really tough. I I still think I would go banned. It just feels like – it just feels like Kyle's going to not take shots away from Bam. He's going to give him extra shots. And it just feels like Jimmy's going to take at least a slight step back in the regular season. I just feel like it's going to end up, we could debate this all day and it's going to end up in like under yeah. a point in a difference. It's going to just be like under, it's going to be decimals where nobody's averaging more than 15 shots a game though. We agree on that. Cause last year, Jimmy was 14.4. I don't think anybody's over 15, no. right? No, especially I, I, with the style of play they're going to play. They're going to, you know, I, I don't see them, playing faster and the goal is probably Duncan to take more shots. Now new contract, Mm -hmm. there's hopefully a growth there in his offensive game that he's not taking. He's probably going to take more than 10. Yep. It just feels like the shots are going in so many different directions that bam, we talk about him being a threat in different ways and taking the next leap. It just feels like more and more as we even talk about this, that it's just everything's pointing towards him kind of taking over and being, the guy that takes them to wherever they go. Like if, if they want to get to a certain point in the East, if they want to get a certain point in the playoffs, it just feels like everything looks back to Bam. That's where I'm kind of back and forth on because that's Bam is the most logical answer. Cause it's like, he's going to get all these pick and roll opportunities back to being more of a frequent lob threat. It feels like he, he, he wasn't that much of a lob threat last season, other than when Goron was on the floor, but he wasn't, actually breaking people down enough to get Bam, you know, rolling comfortably like he he was in the bubble, for example. Like, I think Bam logically should have more attempts. We all know that he should get more attempts. But Bam's nature makes me question whether he's going to end up with the most attempts per game, just especially because now, like we talked about before, the same options that he was already kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, getting really comfy with are only going to be more effective, right? Like the dribble handoff. It's going to be monstrously effective. I, I just, I would be surprised if it isn't, right? So obviously we know there's going to be more, you know, more to that in this offense. But because of Bam's nature, I wonder if he's going to end up as that guy. But then like what you said, Jimmy, what he's done throughout the regular season, he's done a lot of load managing. Like he ends up with like these 20, 21 points per game stat lines where he's doing a lot more playmaking than attacking, you know, getting Lowry takes Jimmy uh, off the ball like you've written about a lot and it's almost tough to project. I think like what you're saying is, is right. I think it's going to be, you know, not much of a difference between Jimmy and uh, Bam. And I think Lowry is just going to be just a little bit under them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to lean Jimmy though, just because I feel like he's more, you know, his nature is to, you know, close the game and, mm-hmm. and take the shots at the end of the game. And maybe that's what puts the difference between the two. I would like for Bam to be the one getting the most. Yeah. Attack, though. I think that's where we're. we're well, I, I'm going to go off the board here. I don't think it's going to be a starter. I think it's going to be Tyler. You think because of that usage he gets off the bench? Uh, yeah, because I because I just don't think they have they don't have a lot of options there. And, and I feel like when he, he comes did. off the bench, they're going to start looking for him. Kyle's going to look for him. He's going to okay. he wouldn't be the first bench guy to lead his team in shot attempts. Okay, and if he's playing okay. 30 minutes a game. 30 to 32 minutes, and that's his role. I think they're all going to be clumped between about 11 and 14 shots per game. Yeah. But also, Tyler doesn't get to the line as much as Jimmy and Bam. So I feel like field field goal (laughs) attempts will be higher, right? Whereas Jimmy and Bam may have more touches, but I feel more of those end up at the line. So 
I actually don't think it's going to be a starter. I think it's going to be Tyler. And I agree with you, Alex. I think it should be. I think it should be Bam. But I think it, it probably won't be Bam. All right, Welsh, we appreciate that. He is out of our price range. I agree with you. All right, let's get to this. Um, they're not going to do that kind of show on ESPN. Trust me, okay? It's going to be more narrative crap. All right, let's um, let's get to this. Do we th- – uh, okay, from Jeff, from Jeff Nicholas. It seems likely Spo will heavily stagger Lowry and Butler – to have both on the floor as much as possible. How much will Spo reduce Lowry's nightly workload from the 35 plus minutes he played in Toronto? And how many minutes will we see Bam and Hero as the primary ball handlers? Brady, you first. Yeah, I think we're going to see basically what they did a little bit with Bam and Jimmy last season, where you saw Jimmy or Bam get take out a little bit earlier, usually Jimmy, and they would kind of insert him back in when Bam exited. I just see that being what they do with Butler and Lowry. I don't know which one they'll go with. I feel like they're going to trust Butler a little bit more at the beginning, so maybe they go that route. But I kind of feel they take Butler out a little bit earlier, allow Lowry to run with Tyler, allow him to play to his strengths and be like knocked down spot shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they can kind of get him going offensively a little more, give him a change of scenery, I guess, because he's been playing for Jimmy the last two years. That it just feels like that's the way they're going to go. They're going to have to do, like Alex said earlier, a lot of staggering. Like, if one guy goes down, it's going to be even more staggering. They're going to have to do something with the playmakers and the guards and just scoring all around that you're going to see a ton of that. I think people want to see Jimmy and Kyle on the floor together as much as possible just because of the things you can do with, with rim pressure and playing Lowry off the ball. But it just feels like that number is going to be a little bit low at the start yeah. of it. And obviously, as you crank down to the end of the season, into the postseason, it's you're shrinking down the rotation anyway that Lowry Butler minutes are probably going to just be more and more. I'm with you, man. Especially with the with what we know now of the way the regular season starts, where it seems like, you know, just on paper, it looks really difficult. I wouldn't be surprised if Spo right. is just kind of going right in like, OK, these are the guys I trust. You know, Lowry, Jimmy Bam, each getting, you know, 34 minutes plus per game, you know, until some things get a little bit more comfy, because I just think like you can't start off the season poorly. I, I mean, obviously, we're going to give them we're going to try to be fair when it comes to the people they play against. And, you know, the, the people they got to play against in the beginning part of the schedule look tough, but this East looks pretty deep. Like mm-hmm. I think this would be the season where it's like, you want to feel better about it earlier on as the season winds down, you get the second half of the season is a little bit easier. You get, you know, kind of a, a chance to, I think, keep your best guys in good shape. I feel like you got to really nail that beginning, uh, you know, the beginning of the season. All right, this is the last one we're going to take here tonight. Again, we appreciate our sponsor, MarkBrownPA.com, also PrizePicks.com. Make sure you use that code five. Do you think there's any point that we'll see Bam starting at the four this season? Yeah, I do. I think, like I said earlier, I think it's for the reason that if one guy goes down, I think Omer jumps in the starting lineup. Like, they're not putting... I don't see them really going the Morris route because then you're having to ride on Omer and Deadman, where I think you feel more comfortable with Omer and Bam. And obviously you're not going the Deadman route uh, just for spolster reasons. And obviously they're not going to trust him at that point anyway, but Omer just seems like the guy that's going to be, <laughs> it's a weird role, but it's a Miami heat role. Like he's not going to be in the rotation, but he's going to have a couple starts throughout the season. And I don't think that's the worst thing. It's a guy that's versatile he defensively, he can protect the rim while Bam is able to go out on the perimeter. He can shoot the three and pop out. He can play in the post. 
I said this before too. I think it's funny that Omer's best strengths are three point shooting and post play because that's Bam's two probably biggest offensive weaknesses. Like if there's a guy that could plug in next to him, it's him. Uh, yeah. So I would say that's the only five I would probably think that would that would push Bam to the four. All right, you know, we've got a bunch. You know what? Actually, Alex, let, let's do this because we do have a few minutes left, and there are a bunch of comments that have come in, and I, we really haven't posted them tonight. So let let, let me go through. Yeah, real I agree quick. with everything Brady said, one hundred percent. By the way, exactly. So we we just need thirty second yeah. answers here on these. Okay, thirty second answers, quick. We're gonna rapid fire them. Okay, uh, are we a top three team? This comes from Rodney Blake. I'm assuming top three team in the East. I got my guy Vinny Goodwill was on with me on starting nine. He has the Heat third in the East. I was a little bit surprised. Top three team, Brady. Yes, no. I think they're a top three team in the East, but I don't know if they'll finish top three in the East, if that makes sense. I think they're the third best team in that realm, but it just feels regular season. Veterans on the team, they're going to they're gonna have rough stretches with injuries or rough stretches with guys sitting out that I think they could end up at the four or five and still produce. All right, Alex, take this one. Aaron Anders, Bam averages over 22 a game this season. My first instinct is no. I would love to see that, but like all the stuff I was talking about before, I wouldn't expect it. I don't think he, he gets to 22. I, I would be surprised if he gets to 21, to be honest. What's the Heat's answer to teams picking on Duncan on D, Alex? Uh, this is from Alex Ebb, and I'll go to Brady. Wait, so I it's – okay. <laughs> I think now that you have Kyle Lowry, it makes a lot, things a lot easier. Duncan is a bad on-ball defender, but he's not a bad off-ball defender positionally. He's always in the right spots. He can help. He knows when to do all those type of things that – if you have a point of attack defender like Kyle Lowry fighting over screens, not forcing Bam to guard the perimeter and, and just totally plummeting interior presence, Duncan's not going to be picked on as much. I'm not that worried. I'm not that worried about Duncan getting picked on. I think he showed a lot of improvement when it comes to one-on-one defense. Like you said, he's smart positionally. And I just think he's going to be surrounded by so many high-level defenders that, you know, him and his seven-foot wingspan, it'll be tough to pick on when you've got so many other guys there that are threats on defense to just kind of – disrupt the other team's offense so i think it's only going to be easier on not only duncan but guys like tyler and shrews off the bench as well if they're playing with some of these high level defenders with the staggering we're talking about it'll be a lot easier on them to not get picked on if you've got all these great help defenders right there ready our friends across the pond i've been on their podcast over there we appreciate them uh miami heat uk tv last one to both of you 20 seconds each will we see bam shoot some threes this season i'm saying yes one or two a game I'm saying no. I don't think – because I feel like if he's shooting a three, it's going to be corner threes, and I just don't think corner threes move the needle on a, and, and the heat offense. Like if he's shooting above the break threes where you can use them as a popper, that changes everything. But if he's shooting a corner three, I don't think it bends the defense too much. I just think he has to, if anything, work on post game and, and just maximize mid-range. I'm, I'm thinking the same thing when it comes to the mid-range. That is, we're going to see more Bam taking that, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets to like one three-point attempt a game because of the way that, you know, Lowry likes to push the pace, he's played, you know, he's done the pick and pop stuff in the past and some of the sets that Spo likes to run. I agree with you that the above the break stuff would, would actually, I think, provide a little bit more value for Bam. But I wouldn't be, you know, if he wants to do the corner stuff, I think it'll make it a little bit easier for him to, you know, be somebody who can provide a little bit of release if Jimmy is driving to the rim, right? And teams have to respect Bam as a corner guy. I just, I think Bam has a stroke. I wouldn't, you know, like I said, I'm in for Bam taking more shot attempts. If he wants to take a three or two a game, I'm good with it because I know he's not going to take stupid shots. All right. We appreciate everybody. We're 30 minutes. I got to go because I got to get my daughter to bed. Uh, Brady Hawk, you can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. Alex Toledo, a tropical blanket. We'll be back next week. New podcast Sunday night. By then, after a week and a half, hopefully I'll finally have my voice back. Have a good night, everybody.
Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.